Hi there, welcome to Inside MERS Investments. I'm Kristen Ballar, MERS General Counsel. I manage all of MERS legal and compliance matters. I'm here today with Jeb Burns, the Chief Investment Officer, who leads MERS investment team in managing over $15 billion of assets for pension and other financial accounts. It's hard to believe we're entering the fourth quarter of 2022. It's good to be here with you again, Jeb. Kristen, it's always a pleasure. Markets continue to be a challenging environment. Can you talk about MERS performance in the most recent quarter? Well, Kristen, I thought, you know, as we close into the holidays, I wanted to be a little more optimistic and positive. But uh, Q3 turned out to be really the the most difficult quarter of the year. Uh, The fund was down for the quarter, uh, 5.08%. The benchmark was down 6.99%. So there was some nice outperformance of almost a percent. uh, But we found ourselves year to date at the end of Q3 down a little bit over 16%. Now, our benchmark was down... 22.5%. Now, those are big numbers, um, and they result in a couple of things. I mean, you had the equity markets were down, but more importantly, the Federal Reserve was in a um, a, tightening phase in monetary policy. Simply what that means is interest rates continued to go up, so that made bond prices go down. So you were losing, your diversification was lost uh, because of the, uh, the movement of interest rates. Now, just before everybody you know, kind of goes to a really dark place. We've come back quite a bit. Uh, after the after the lows of September, October was a positive month, and we found ourselves as of as of, uh, two days ago, we were down 10.78% uh, versus a benchmark at 16.38%. Still providing dramatic uh, outperformance, but the markets have healed quite a bit. Some of that uh, as inflation has, uh, shall we say, the... Um, Outlook for inflation has improved. It's still high. Uh, the, the October number came in at 7.7% versus uh, over 8% um, in Q3. So, so we're seeing things beginning to improve, um, but now we can go back to third quarter. Yeah. As municipalities are focused on improving their funding, when is a good time for a defined benefit employer to make additional voluntary contributions to better fund their defined benefit plan? Well, being that I manage the money, and I always like money coming in, I would say any time is a good time. But truthfully, the best way to think about this is with a personal portfolio. You know, you dollar cost in, you know, consistent contributions, you know, because it's hard to time the market. You know, you don't know when, you know, when you're going to have an up year, when you're going to have a down down year. So consistently making contributions is really the way to go because you're, you're, you're essentially, you know, reducing your overall expense ratio. Um, now that said, given that you know we're having a pretty tough year, this is a good time, as good a time as any to make a- additional contributions because you're definitely buying lower than you were a year ago. Um, what adjustments um, have you made or do you plan to make to the portfolio due to the current market volatility? Yeah, we, we try, you know, we've got a long-term asset allegation in place. We have a quantitative model which reviews you know, multiple segments in the marketplace for whether they're historically overvalued or undervalued, and so we'll make tilts there. And then we look for themes in the marketplace, which we, normally in the, in the private side of the portfolio, that's where we'll try to express those views. Uh, as people who've listened to this podcast you know, o- over the year, we came into this, this market cycle with the rise in inflation positioned probably about as well as we, we could be. We'd increased our contribution to... Uh, real assets, that's farmland, that's real estate, um, minerals and mining. These are inflation-sensitive investments. And we had 
we had a quality bias to our portfolio and we added some some passive strategies which which had a quality tilt to them all those things have done pretty well and that's and you see that with our with our outperformance versus the benchmark we made some changes in the portfolio which helped us be more resilient in this environment uh, going forward uh, we'll still hold to our long-term asset allocation but we will look at opportunities because in times of market stress it becomes pretty obvious what's working and what's not uh, some things that we we still are very supportive and we'll look to add to we you know we say internally we're long food, and what this means is, you know, we think that agriculture is a good place to uh, to put your money to work. Uh, the population is continues to age globally, so we think healthcare is a good place to put money to work. So those are things that are kind of we're looking at right now, um, and those are more on the private side. And I would, I would say that, um, you know, value type. Investments is something that we're looking very closely at too. As it was coming out of the pandemic, we had a lot of you know it was hard to get things right. So people are now moving their their nearshoring and onshoring uh, industrial capacity. So I think what that means is it can, there's going to be opportunities to make investments a little bit closer to home. So that's one of the areas I think we're spending a lot of time looking at. You know, should we increase you know our investments in the U.S. or in regions which you know are definitely within our economic sphere. Thanks, Jeff. So earlier you spoke about our inflationary environment. I know we are all feeling it. Um, what needs to happen from an economic standpoint, or what policies can Treasury implement to try to slow down the rate of inflation? Well, well, you're seeing them do that. Um, inflation is a difficult problem, especially once it's unleashed to get under control. And it's really the Fed's main mandate at this point. And let me give let me just give you some numbers, which will kind of tell you the changes that they've made. The one thing they can do is they can raise interest rates. Okay. Now, the nuance there, what they're trying to avoid is they want to raise interest rates, which that puts, you know, so borrowing costs increase. Uh, corporate profits decrease because expenses go up. What you want to do is get inflation under control without going into a recession. That's, in theory, that's possible. In practice, it proves, it's proven to be very difficult. But, you know, uh, Fed, the Fed funds rate, which is the rate that they charge banks, is was 1.75 in Q2. In Q3, it was 3.25. So that is a dramatic, dramatic increase. Now, we've had some good news. I, I talked about that earlier. Uh, inflation year over year at the end of September was 8.2%. Uh, the latest print in October was 7.7. So that's, you know, that's definitely going in the right direction, but, you know, 7.7 is still um, expensive. So that's really what they can do. And but the, you know as I've talked on in previous podcasts, there are definite inflationary pressures which are going to, um, I think, make inflation a little bit stickier in the long run. And they are you think about you know aging demographics. What does that mean? You got less people in the workforce. That's pressure on wages. You know, nearshoring and onshoring to make sure that your supply chains are secure. Okay, that, eventually that does become deflationary, somewhat. But you got to build those plants first. You got to build those redundancies in. So those things are inflationary. And then geopolitical uncertainty—that's inflationary as well, because people are—they're concerned about, you know, security of goods and services going from one place to another. So I think that while CPI coming down in October—that's definitely a positive sign. So you're seeing the growth of inflation slowing. Um, I'd expect it to continue to be with us for a little while longer. Sounds like I need to readjust my holiday budget still then, Jeb. So understanding all these forces, what are your predictions for where we will wind up year-end? 
I think, you know, and, and you've seen the you know, dramatic, you know, when I say dramatic, going from like, you know, down 16% in at the end of Q3 and within a month and a half, you know, we're, we're, we're down, you know, 10.78. Okay, that's, that's, that's definitely trending in the right direction. So that, that makes me a, you know, that makes me miserable, but not, you know, depressed. And, um, but the way I, I see things going normally, uh, the election was interesting, I think, but with the Republicans taking the House, divided government tends to be, the markets tend to like that. Because what it provides is policy certainty. Nothing will happen. Or if it is, there'll be definitely bipartisan consensus on anything happening at all. But um, so I would not be surprised to see markets kind of trending up going into year end. Historically, you, there is a thing, there actually is a real thing called the Santa Claus rally. And normally in December, you know, it's in the low 90s, markets tend to finish up. So barring some kind of exogenous event, I think that, you know, we might trend up going into the end of the year. And probably you can expect, you know, the first quarter or two to be, you know, somewhat positive. But we're not out of the woods, for sure. There's, good, there, there's still some stresses on the system that need to be worked out. And we're looking for opportunities. We're going to be somewhat cautious. But sometimes, you know, it takes a while to get uh, – what, what's the old saying? It's like 10 miles into the woods. It's 10 miles out, too, yeah. unless you find a shortcut. <laughs> Well, let's hope that that happens here. So, Jeb, this is our last podcast for the year. Um, where do you see this going in the future? Well, first off, hit the subscribe button. We need to get those numbers up. My boss wants them higher. So I was talking to her earlier today. She said, Jeb, get the numbers up on the podcast. So I, I think I'm going to have, you know, the same fabulous host next year. People are looking forward to that. And But we've got some um, new and exciting topics that we want to bring, maybe some special guests, but you're going to have to turn in uh, next year to uh, find out what those changes are going to be. All right. Great. Well, thank you. Uh, have a great fourth quarter. Talk to you next year. Yep. And thank you. Look for another episode of Inside MERS Investments next quarter for continued great discussion on MERS investment performance and strategy. This podcast is intended as general information only and should not be regarded as investment advice.